Good Sunday morning once again, and welcome to Broxton United Methodist Church Online. I want to welcome everybody into our sanctuary. Uh, I want to say a special welcome this morning. I always kind of, I always kind of recognize the visitors first. Uh, kind of, I was brought to that realization this week. Uh, I want to recognize our members first this time. Uh, how much I appreciate you guys. How much I love you guys. And uh, I want to welcome our members, our our families, and our and our friends. And uh, everybody, everybody connected locally to the Broxton United Methodist Church, to Mary's Chapel United Methodist Church, to Oak Grove United Methodist Church. You guys, you guys are missed. You guys are appreciated. Uh, we've still got the, uh, the uh, photos of everybody out here in the sanctuary. So, so really, I'm, I'm getting to look at a piece of paper with your face on it, obviously. <laughs> but it's still, it still brings a warm feeling to my heart. And I miss you guys so much. And I'm just thankful that you're... Uh, that you're continuing to join us here online and, and doing whatever we can to to uh, be together, to stay connected together, to love each other, and uh, and to praise God by whatever means that, that that we have available to us. Now, I would like to welcome our visitors. Uh, we have had a number of folks that are not connected to Brox United Methodist Church that have tuned in online, and we uh, we definitely appreciate you guys joining us. Once we're able to meet in person again, uh, we would love to have you here in person. But I do appreciate you uh, uh, showing up on the online on Sundays. Uh, you are you are you are you are an inspiration, and it's it's it, it is a uh, it's a joy. It's a joy to see so many people logging on, and uh, just to watch, just to get a taste of Jesus Christ, get a, just to get a taste of what's going on at Brock's United Methodist. And uh, I just, again, thank you so much for for uh, for choosing to worship with us on your Sunday mornings. I want to go over uh, a couple of online ministries, and I say these same things every week, so I'm trying my best, folks, to, to, uh, to, uh, to get through these as, as quickly as possible. But I do want to mention our online ministries because it's what we've got going. It's, what's, it's what is really helping us, again, stay connected uh, during this time that we can't meet in person. Number one thing I want to mention, of course, is our Facebook page. That is our, that's our introduction, if you will. That's, that's, that tells people who we are, where we are, what we're all about. And that Facebook page is Broxton United Methodist Charge. Broxton United Methodist Charge. And we established a Facebook group for members, family, friends, anybody really who, who, uh, who would like to know more about Broxton United Methodist um, uh, to join in with us. And that is Broxton UMC Family on Facebook. Go to Facebook, log into your Facebook account, go to the search bar, type in Broxton United Methodist family, or Broxton UMC family, I'm sorry, Broxton UMC family, uh, go to that page, click the join group button, and, and, and if you haven't joined already, we would absolutely love to have you. Great way of staying connected to each other, again, great way of encouraging one another, praying for one another, and uh, just glorifying and praising Jesus together. Uh, we started our Facebook prayer course uh, this week, something I'm very, very, very excited about, and, I, and I'm also very excited to see the level of participation that we are seeing so far in this course. Now, this is not a live course. Uh, let me give, let me give you the address first of all. Again, it's a Facebook group, uh, and the name of it is the Prayer Course at Broxton UMC. The Prayer Course and the little at symbol Broxton UMC. Go there, uh, find the join group button, click and join in. This is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful prayer course that lasts over a period of eight weeks. And, and again, it's not a live session. You don't have to be there at any particular time. But the way that we operate this and the way this works is uh, sometime before 6 p.m. on each Tuesday. 
by 6 p.m. each Tuesday, I'm going to post a, 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 a video, a lesson, a video lesson to the group uh, that is going to uh, be for that week. And there's going to be eight, eight lessons in total. And what you're going to do is you're going to watch that video at your own convenience. There's no time constraints here. Watch that video, and then there's going to be some discussion questions that are, that are posted in relation to that video. And that's where we start interacting with one another. Uh, we answer these questions, we, we make statements, and, and again, it's, an, it's, it's a way to encourage, it's a way to help one another grow, it's a way to hold one another together in love, or watch over one another um, in love. And I'm, again, really, really excited about it. If you hadn't joined in, please do so. You'll definitely, definitely get something out of it. And the more you put into it, I assure you, the more transformation you will receive. Trust the Holy Spirit uh, during this time. And, uh, if you're a novice in prayer, or if you've been, you've been praying uh, uh, for decades, uh, somebody's going to get, you're going to get something out of this course, I assure you. It's a wonderful, wonderful course. Um, of course, we are on YouTube. That's Broxy United Methodist Church. If you're watching this service uh, right now at 11 o'clock at the 11 a.m. service, you, you're very much aware of the fact that we have a YouTube channel. Um, but if you're watching on Facebook or by some other means, we do have a YouTube channel, and that's Broxy United Methodist Church. And we've been posting all of our sermons and a few other things uh, uh, since March. Uh, so there's another place where you can connect with us, locate us. And, of course, our website is broxtonumc.wordpress.com. BroxtonUMC.wordpress.com, and you can you can check out check us out a little bit more there a little bit more information about who we are what kind of ministries we have and how to how to contact us and we've got a blog and uh, another another video section on there uh, so check us out if you're not familiar with us uh, we would love to have you we'd love to see you online if you're not a part of our group already if you will let's take a couple of minutes let's uh, I've done this with the church a couple of times. Let's spend a couple minutes or about 90 seconds or so just in silence. And let's, wherever you are right now, if you're in your living room, if you're in a hotel room, a hospital room, wherever you may be right now, let's take a few minutes, 90 seconds, uh, to rest and, 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 uh, and, and ground ourselves in the presence of God, in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Let's remember why we are here this morning. And that is to glorify God, and that is and that that is to praise God, and uh, and then be together and grow in Christ likeness. So let's do that now. Uh, spend 60 to 90 seconds in silence, pray, remember why we're here, and I'm going to follow it up with a uh, with a spoken prayer.
Most holy God, today we recall the story of your servant Stephen. We remember the injustice that he was dealt, that he was stoned to death for speaking the truth. God, may we be as bold as Stephen. Give us strength to always speak the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, even when it might be uncomfortable for us. Give us wisdom, Lord, to discern immorality and injustices that occur around us. And grant us that ability to speak against these things when necessary and needed. We pray also today, God, for the ability to forgive. Not just surface-level forgiveness, but the same level of forgiveness that Jesus spoke of when he told the disciples to love their enemies and to forgive 70 times 7 when they were wronged. The same forgiveness offered by Stephen when he prayed that his murderers' sins would not be held against them. The type of forgiveness that truly honors your son, Jesus Christ. Use us, God, for your glory, that the world may know your love. Grow us and mold us into the image of Jesus Christ by your grace, that we may reflect him in all that we think, say, and do. And all this we pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm going to get to the scripture in just a second, but as, as, as I, I, I recall a couple of things I wanted to mention to you. Um, I've had a number of people <laughs> mention that they can hear roosters uh, there in our videos. And if you, again, are not familiar with Brock's United Methodist, you're not familiar where we are located, you're not imagining things if you think you hear a rooster crow. There are, there are many, many chickens uh, that like to reside around our church, and you are not hearing things, you are indeed hearing the crows of roosters. And the uh, second thing I wanted to mention to you is I'm sure that you guys have probably noticed I'm a little more casual today, uh, sporting the t-shirt instead of a step up, instead of a button-up, or instead of a coat. Um, church can happen anywhere, and that is the message, or one of the messages that we are, that we are, we, we, uh, me, other, other pastors, preachers, teachers, and uh, are, are trying to get out there, that even though we can't meet in person, the church is not over with. Church is everywhere. Church is out there. We are the church, and we're reminded of that. And this 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 shirt helps us uh, helps us to remember and to recall that, and to take that message outside wherever we go, wherever we go during this time. We are always Christians. And we are always, always, always the body of Christ, and the church is alive. The doors may be closed. We may not be meeting in person, but I assure you, God's church is very much alive. And, and, and seeking to reflect the image of Christ in everything that we are. If you got your Bibles on you, open up to the book of Acts. We're going to be looking at Acts uh, chapter 7. And as I mentioned in my prayer, we're going to be, this is the story of, uh, of Stephen, the disciple Stephen. I'm not going to, we'll get, we'll get a little more detail, a little more into detail uh, after we read the scriptures. But anyway, it's uh, Acts chapter 7. We're going to be looking at verses 55 through 60. The seventh chapter of the book of Acts, verses 55 through 60. So starting in verse 55, reads, But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven, and he saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And he told them, 
Look, I see heavens open and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Then they put their hands over their ears and they began shouting. They rushed at him and they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. His accusers took off their coats and they laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell to his knees, shouting, Lord, do not charge them with their sin. And with that, he died. And that is the word of God for the people of God. And if you're not familiar with that story, it probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense to you. So I'm going to tell you a little bit, a little bit more about it here in just a minute. But if you'll recall last week, we talked about suffering. That was the theme for our, for, for our, for our reflection and for our scripture um, last, last, last Sunday morning. And we looked at a couple of scriptures. We looked, we looked at uh, some that were written by Paul. And some that were written by, um, uh, by uh, Peter. And, and we decided and we saw within these scriptures um, that, 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 that number one, suffering is a primary theme throughout scripture and throughout the New Testament. But what we also saw was, was that, uh, first of all, we saw the knowledge. The knowledge that we are going to suffer. That suffering is not something that we can avoid in life. And we also saw something probably a little bit strange to most folks. And that is the idea of joyful suffering suffering willingly and joyfully almost uh, for the glory of jesus christ for the glory of god for the glory of the gospel uh, so what i want to do real quick is i want to backtrack and i want to give you a, a synopsis of, of what's going on here in this narrative here in this story about stephen and and how he got to where to where we are uh, in today's scripture so Stephen, uh, basically, if, you'll, if, you'll, if you want to flip back into your Bibles, back uh, at the beginning of chapter 7, what you're going to find out is that Stephen was basically uh, um, unlawfully arrested. Uh, they threw, there, there were some people who, threw, who didn't like the things that he was saying. They threw some false accusations out about him, and, and he was arrested, and he was brought before a, the religious council. And uh, the religious council grilled him and, and, and asked if these things were true. And he had, he had a number of people uh, that, were, again, were falsely testifying against him. And in his defense, Stephen began to relay uh, to them, remind them, of the story of the Old Testament. He reminded them of how, of how God spoke to Abraham and, 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 how, and how God spoke to, uh, spoke to Moses. And he, he unraveled, if you will, some of this... Uh, some of the story of the Old Testament and uh, brought them to a place where he reminded them that they rejected the Messiah. He reminded them that they rejected the Messiah. And I want to back up. I'm not going to read you the entire story, but I want to back up a few verses ahead of where we are in today's scriptures. And so if you will, look back. And we're going to start reading verse 51. Verse 51 of chapter 7. So while he's being tried uh, before, this, before this council, these are the words that, uh, that Stephen tells them. He says, you stubborn people, you are heathen at heart and you are deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? And he, and he earlier, earlier on, he gave example uh, after example of the way that the people of God had rejected God. 
um, in, in the Old Testament narratives. The ways that they uh, rejected God, the ways that they, that, they, that they ignored God, the ways that they turned away from Him. So that's what Stephen is getting at here. He's about to, in, in the way that they have, they have uh, treated the message of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. You stubborn people, you are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? That's what your ancestors did. And that's why Stephen, of course, told this whole story to him, reminding them of all these things their ancestors had done. And so do you. Name one prophet that your ancestors did not persecute. They even killed the ones who predicted the coming of the righteous one, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, whom you betrayed and murdered. You deliberately disobeyed God's law, even though you received it from the hands of angels. The Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusation, and they shook their fists at him in rage. And then, of course, that's where we pick up with today's scriptures and the stoning of Stephen. And there is so much, there is so, 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 so very much that we can, that we can glean from these scriptures, so much that we, that we, can, that we can pull out and talk about in these, in these scriptures, in this, in this horrific but yet somewhat beautiful story of, of, of Stephen. But in the interest of time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try my best to confine uh, what I pull out of these to three different things. Three different things that I want to glean from these scriptures and that I want to present to you in the, in the amount of time that we have today. First and foremost, we see that Stephen reminded them of their rejection of the prophets. He reminded them of their ancestors' rejection of the prophets, the Old Testament prophets. And he reminded them of their, of their rejection of the prophets who, who predicted the Messiah. And their rejection, their current rejection, of course, of Jesus Christ. This is a common theme throughout Scripture. And it's also a common theme that we see today. You see, it's very easy for us as Christians to read these Scriptures and, and to, uh, and to uh, be accusatory of the, of the religious leaders that Stephen is addressing. It's very easy for us to look at them and, and point fingers and, and say that we would never be like that. We would never do that. We would never deny the Messiah. We would never uh, deny the accusations or the, or the teachings of, of, of prophets. Um, it's very, very easy as Christians because we know the story. We know how all this stuff unfolded. I am going to say we still do this today. We still do this today. You see, if you read the Old Testament prophets, and, and we at Broxton actually went over this not too awful long ago, but if you'll read the Old Testament prophets, prophets what you're going to see is basically they, 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 they warned, they presented the message of God in two areas. Two areas. Those were immorality and injustice. Immorality and injustices, injustices that were done to the marginalized people, to poor people, to people on the, on the margins of society, to people that we often, often very much overlook, the needy. Immorality and injustices. These are two major themes of the wrath of God that we see when he brings judgment in the Old Testament to the nations in the Old Testament. Immorality and injustice. And people don't like those messages. People don't like those messages. They don't like to be called out. They didn't like, they didn't like to be called out for their immorality. 
They didn't like and they didn't agree for being called out for the injustices that they were either committing or that they were allowing to be committed or that they were turning a blind eye to. How do we do this today? What about modern day prophets? What about, what about the New Testament? What about the commands of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus that we see in the New Testament that relate to this? What about prophets again? What about prophets of today? What about what happens when people, when God uses people to call us out on our own immorality? How do we react? How do we react when God uses people to call us out on the fact that we are committing some form of injustice to those who are marginalized, to those on the fringes of society, that we are allowing these things to occur or that we are turning a blind eye to these things that are occurring around us. Don't forget, failing to act when we, when we should is also a sin. We like to focus a lot of times on the sins of action. The sins, there are also sins of inaction. Not doing what we should is all, are also sins. How do we react? Most of the time, I would say we get defensive. Most of the time, I would say that we react probably much like the religious leaders here that Stephen was spoken to. They got defensive. They got mad. They didn't want to hear that message. I propose that a lot of us still do that today in many, many, many regards. And I would challenge you just as much as I challenge myself, for example, to see how I am reacting to injustices that may be occurring during this time right now, during this pandemic. If we think about it, and if we're honest with ourselves, I think that we can see that. And I think there are things that we can do about it. If nothing else, we can add a voice to it. Don't ignore the messages. Don't ignore God's message, just like these folks did. It's very easy. It's very easy to look at these scriptures as Christians and criticize these religious leaders. But the fact of the matter is many, many of us do it today in many, many regards. The second thing I want to point out to you is the level of forgiveness that Stephen has in these passages. The level of forgiveness that Stephen has in these passages. I'm going to read it to you one more time just to just to give you a little bit of emphasis. And as they stoned him, this is verse 59. As they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Of course, we remember Jesus actually said those same words when he was on the cross. He said, Lord, he said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. As they stoned him, Jesus prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell to his knees. He fell to his knees shouting, the last words, these are Stephen's last words recorded in Scripture. He fell to his knees shouting, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. Back in the summer, we went over the Lord's Prayer or Luke's version of, of the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer can be found in the Gospel of Luke and also the Gospel of Matthew. Luke's version is uh, a little bit shorter than the one we found in Matthew. But back there in the summer, we went over the Lord's Prayer, and we, just, and we discovered and we were reminded of, of the significance of the idea, the theme, and the practice of forgiveness. I think a lot of us, self-included, like to believe that we're forgiving people. 
when in, when in fact, a lot of times we're just not. And we certainly don't rise to the level of, of, of what is espoused or what is, what is commanded, what is taught by Jesus Christ. Forgiveness is a primary thing, a primary thing, especially, especially throughout the New Testament. And, if, and we all recall the words to the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. It's easy to pray those words. It's very simple to pray those words. It's very, very difficult to practice those words as we forgive those who sin against us. We don't like to forgive those who sin against us. What we like is retaliation. What we like is revenge. Unfortunately, that is not the way of Christ. That is not the way of the gospel. And it is not the way that we are called into. We're called to radical forgiveness. Radical forgiveness. The same kind of forgiveness that Jesus offered on the cross. The same kind of forgiveness offered by God through the atonement, through the, through the death and through the resurrection of Jesus. We are called to the same level of forgiveness that Stephen presents to us in these verses today. That kind of forgiveness that, that, that prompted him, that prompted him in his last recorded words to say, God, please do not hold my murderer's sin against me. Against them. Please do not hold their sin against them. And with that, he died. This is the level of forgiveness we're called to. So hard. So very, very difficult. But nonetheless, as Christians, it is something that we meditate on. It is something that we, that we aspire to. And it is certainly something that we seek through the grace of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And lastly, what I want to look at is something that we may or you may have glossed over. In the first reading, in the first reading of the scripture, something that you may have overlooked or missed or glossed over in the, in the first time that we read these verses. And I want to reread them to you real quick like and see if you can see if you can pick up on it. Verses 57 through 58. Back in Acts chapter 7, verses 57 and 58. It says, then they put their hands over their ears and they began shouting. They rushed at him, and they dragged him out of the city, and they began to stone him. His accusers took off their coats, and they laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. Did you catch it? Did, 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 you, did you catch what some of us probably overlooked if we're not familiar with these scriptures? They threw their coats at the feet of a man by the name of Saul. Saul, in these verses, is the same person, the same Saul, who we will later know as the Apostle Paul. You see, before Paul, before, before Paul was Paul, Paul was Saul. And Saul was a persecutor of Christians. Saul was a major, major persecutor of Christians. Saul was a member of a group called the Sanhedrin, the Sanhedrin, who persecuted and, and, and killed Christians during his time. So what's the message here? Here's the message that I want you guys to receive today. And that is that no one, 
No one is beyond the love and the grace of God. No one is too far gone to receive the love and the grace of God. No one is too far gone to be transformed by the grace of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit. No one is beyond retribution. No one is beyond salvation. And that's something that I think we as Christians especially need to remember a lot of times because it's easy for us. It's very easy for us to let our own judgments, our own preconceived ideas, our own prejudices get in the way of remembering that there is no one who is beyond the grace and the hand and the reach of Christ Jesus. And we always need to remember this is our mission. This is God's mission. This is who we are. This is why we're here. This is what we do. I'm currently taking some classes, um, um, some online classes. I was actually supposed to go um, uh, up, to, uh, up to school there in the month of May up in Atlanta. And obviously because of the coronavirus, we're unable to do that. So I'm taking the classes online. But one of the classes that I took this past week was on missions. It was all about missions and, and what, what missions is, what, it, what that means and as, as a church and, uh, and, and how we live that out. What, what does missions mean to me? What, does, what do we think when we think of the word missions and, um, and, how, and how, we, how, we, how we do that and what we do uh, when, when, when we live, those out in our, live the idea of mission out in our community. And, and the person that taught this class threw a very, very, what I thought was a very, very profound statement out there at us. And I want to read that to you um, quickly. And I'm going to repeat it. Um, and I want you to digest this because I thought, again, that it was very, very profound. What they said was this. God's church does not have a mission. God's mission has a church. Let me repeat it. God's church does not have a mission. God's mission has a church. This is our mission. This is our mission. To be and to make disciples of Jesus Christ. That is why we're here. That is what we do. And that is who we are. God's mission has a church. We are, and I know this phrase probably gets used a lot, but we are truly the hands and the feet of God. We are here for a purpose, to be and to make disciples of Jesus Christ. As many of you know, that's even, that's even our motto in the United Methodist Church, making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Nobody is beyond the reach of God, and we are called to live outside of the walls, outside of the comfortable walls of our sanctuaries, and maybe that's one of the reasons that we're going through what we're going through now. I don't know that for sure, but it's definitely something to ponder. Maybe that's one of the reasons we're going through what we're going through now, is that it's our purpose, our mission is not just to sit inside of a church building, inside of a sanctuary, but it is to be out there, to be out there being and living that mission, to be the arms, the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ to those who we so often overlook, those that we so often disregard, those who so often we toss to the side and forget about it because of our own judgments, because of our own prejudices, because of our own dislikes. 
That's not our mission, folks. That is the opposite of our mission. We're called to love God, to love neighbor. Love neighbors pretty much this, every single person that you come across. Whether you like them or not, whether you agree with them or not, you're called to love them. And we're called to be disciples of Jesus Christ outside the doors of this church, being and making of the disciples. So much more that we could go through in these scriptures. So much more that we, that we could go through. Again, I thank you for being here. Let's go out. Let's live this gospel. Let's be this gospel during this, during this pandemic. Let us show the world what the church of Jesus Christ is all about. Pray with me if you will. Gracious Heavenly Father, again, we thank you as we always thank you for the gift of life. We thank you for the gift of your church. We thank you for our salvation. Help us to live lives that are worthy of that salvation, Lord. Help us to see your servant Stephen as an example. Help us, God, to call out injustices. Help us to call out immorality. Help us to speak the truth of the gospel. Help us to love and help us to forgive in the way that Christ forgives, that we may glorify you in all that we think, all that we say, and all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a wonderful week and may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you always.